Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and, of course, construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two-spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one-acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over 4,500 square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson, at greenviewconstruction.com. Or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a business owner or executive who needs more results from your marketing team? Do you struggle to measure the results of your marketing spend? Or do you need to spend less time running marketing personally? A metrics marketer fractional CMO can help. A fractional CMO delivers measurable results and value by combining real-world experience with a proven marketing framework and process, all at a fraction of the price of a full-time marketing leader. We manage and enhance your existing marketing team while creating programs designed to drive awareness, revenue, and growth for your company. Let us create, manage, and deploy a marketing strategy to help you reach your goals faster. Visit yourfcmo.com, that's yourfcmo.com, to request a free, no-obligation consultation. Mention 3YPC for a special discount of 10% off our services. Grow your business faster with a fractional CMO. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. 
pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. The number again, 561-408-7835. Water Cleanup of Florida. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. This is beginning of draft season, so we'll be talking quarterbacks here today. But as we go on for the rest of the month, we'll be putting together what is essentially our Three Yards Per Carry draft guide. So you could look at these players get drafted in front of the Dolphins because I'm just looking at this and it just occurred to me they have four picks. Well <laughs> and they have they have four picks left. That's what they have left. I see 102, 125, 224, and 247. Is that right? Uh, uh if you if you say so, mate. I'm <laughs> yeah, it's it's a one oh five. Would you say one oh five or did you say one oh two? I think it was one oh two and one twenty. 102 and 125, right? Right. And then we got two seventh round In the picks. seventh round. Yeah. So basically, and, and not only do we just have four picks, but practically all of them are in the day three. Like, <laughs> like there's one that's technically in day two, but it's it's like the ass end of day two. <laughs> yes. Unless, you know, maybe, maybe they pick up a few more picks, you know, by, uh, I don't know, trading all of those picks to get a second rounder. <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't surprise. Well, no, they they couldn't do that. But um, it wouldn't surprise me actually if they just you know package up two of them, those those one hundred two and one twenty five to just move up. I don't know, maybe like fifteen spaces or something like that, and um, and just just focus on getting one guy that they think for mm-hmm. whatever reason can can do something with the team this year. Feels mm-hmm. like they're just you know they're just punting on the whole class. Yeah. Well, we'd like to welcome two new sponsors to the show, Greenview Construction. You heard their ad at the top of the show. And Metrics Marketer, you heard their ad also at the top of the show. If you heard different voices, it's because they are. Chris Coffin did a fabulous job on Metrics Marketer. And I don't have to tell you, Simon Clancy did a great job with Greenview Construction. Do you know what a lanai is now, by the way, Simon? 
Yeah, it's an out. I, I thought I had it right. It's an outdoor space for you Americans to go and sit and hang out and wank each other. Well, well really, I mean, it's not just for Americans. I mean, if you were over here, you could chill on our lanai, like, it, and you're you're definitely not American. I mean, I I'm not I'm not letting you I'm not letting you jack anybody off here. But like, I don't want any part of your lanai. Thanks. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll start here with uh, Devante Parker. A patio or a conservatory or a porch. That's what people call it, right? A lanai. You're just going all Hawaii just because you're. This is you two idiots sucking off tour again, isn't it? It oh. sounds like it sounds like some sort of female contraceptive. It does. Oh, did you hear that? Um, Tony got lanai. Oh, fuck. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one for a week. Yeah. <laughs> He's down for a couple of weeks. He's out. He's, He's out. out. <laughs> He's out of the game. <laughs> that road trip is fucked. He's got Lanai. Uh. Like the next strain of COVID. <laughs> this is not reflective, by the way, of uh, Greenview's uh, properties, which I did look at whilst I was reading the ad and thought, wow, they are pretty slick. They are. Absolutely. Pretty, pretty good Lanai's too. <laughs> yeah, good Lanai's. Yeah, but I guess we'll start with Devontae Parker because I don't think we're going to go into quarterbacks too much in depth. Uh, All right, yeah. Devontae Parker, gone for a third-round pick. Dolphins throw a fifth-rounder back. Uh, your thoughts on the deal, Simon? You know, if you listen to the national media down here, like, we just traded Randy Moss, and, you know, Dolphins kind of downgraded from Devontae Parker to Tyree Kill. But your thoughts on the deal for the Patriots – in, in essence, is it going to help him? Is this a bad deal in essence for the Dolphins long term, or who cares? Which is my position. Uh, my my position. I mean, I, I I fall firmly in the who cares category. <laughs> um, you know, it's a receiver that has never really met the um, the level that we hoped. Injuries have been a massive issue. He shows up at times. He doesn't show up at other times. The lack of separation is becoming an issue. Doesn't really fit the scheme. We got a third round for yeah. We give, gave up a fifth, but you know, we got a third round next year, which means we have two ones, a two and two threes. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And look, you know, realistically, what was he going to be? The fourth mm-hmm. receiver here. Um, I don't know how much he was getting on the field. Plus, you know, with the backs, with Gasicki. You know, how many touches was he realistically going to get? Um, and I think you can replace Devontae Parker fairly easily in the in the draft, he, you know, regardless of the minimal picks we've got because it's a deep class. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned. Although it, it, it is interesting that um, a question was posed to our head coach, Mike McDaniel, about big-bodied receivers, and the first name that came out of his mouth was Preston Williams. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. So I guess Preston Williams – you know, if you're thinking out there, oh, my God, we're replacing Preston Williams. Uh, I mean, Devontae Parker with Preston Williams. Well, neither one was reliable, but, you know, we don't really have to lean on either one. It's, you know, it's wide receiver four. And how many times will that guy play in a game? Maybe 10 snaps, if that, maybe two or three goal line snaps. I don't know your thoughts, Chris, on this trade and what it means for that room. 
I guess the question is, do you, do you need to pay? Cause you have to think about this from an opportunity cost standpoint, they were able to get a third round pick for, for Devonte Parker. So would you pay six and a quarter million dollars plus a third round pick for a number four wide receiver? Who's probably going to contribute like maybe 250 to 300 yards of offense on the year. Um, I mean, because that's what he's looking at. That if you if you run the numbers, if you really project it out, and you think about all the um, the personnel packages that the Dolphins are likely to run, and how often they're likely to run them, and the fact that he would be competing with Cedric Wilson uh, for position in that eleven personnel, you know, three wide receiver package, um, and even if you're just being friendly to Devontae Parker and saying you know he'll he'll split them evenly with Cedric Wilson which I don't think is necessarily even going to be the case um then you know you're still looking at a 300 yard guy and I, I just because because they the they got a whale in Tyreek Hill he's going to be on the field you know he's he's not going to when you go two two wide receiver Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle aren't coming off you know, when you go one wide receiver, uh, it's going to be Tyree Kill. It's going to be or or Jalen Waddle. This is but who it's not going to be is Devonte Parker. Um, and so you're really just looking at a minimal contribution. And I asked this to Twitter to Dolphins fans on Twitter's and and but way before the trade, it's just like the overwhelming response was no, no, you got to keep him. You you got to keep him. He's he's worth it. He's worth it. He's the only guy that can do X or do you know do this or that and and i'm just like guys he's the fourth guy you know he's do you realize like what kind of production you're going to get out of him and you're talking about paying six and a quarter million dollars for that plus the opportunity cost the third round pick that you could have gotten if you traded him and it's like no that's not worth it i'm sorry now i i do wonder how he's going to work out in new england and that's that's the thing stood out to everybody is this is the division right You, you traded him in the division and one thing I know about Devonte Parker from over the years is like if if you concentrate, he can have a half of a game where you just start throwing him the ball a lot, and uh, and and he can really take over. He can really do that. And so I I wonder if he's gonna and he's he's kind of a I think he's um he's a guy that gets in his head. Uh, his own head too so i kind of wonder if he could have he could have a game against miami or really a half you know against miami where we're like ah crap we shouldn't have traded him in the division (laughs) (laughs) um so so i am a little bit i am a little bit wary of that but on the season the whole season when you look at it on a whole how much is that going to help new england and mac jones I'm guessing not much, but, you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out. And from Miami standpoint, it's like, well, if we need a big wide receiver who can come down with some tough catches, but also who can't see, who can't stay healthy and can't stay on the field. Well, they've already got a much cheaper version of that in Preston Williams. Mm-hmm. So forget it, you know, like, uh, and that's, that's what I think it came down to. Yeah. And, you know, Cedric Wilson, they made a commitment there. If you look at Cedric Wilson's contract, it's essentially what Devontae Parker makes, you know, and he's fresh and new and he fits the system a little bit better. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't see how he was going to fit. And, you know, Chuck, another one up for OnlyFans that we had that one long before anybody else had Devontae Parker being sent away. Well, and you he, had the price too. Yeah. You had the price. Like you were, you're like, listen, they're insistent on this price. 
and they were so insistent on it that they even traded him within the division to get it. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of uh, Chris Greer's MO, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. how he is. Like he yeah, is he, he likes winning trades. It's he wants he wants his price. He puts a price and he, he's gonna get it, or it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, moving on to this draft class. Uh Simon, you know, this this quarterback class, and that's what we're gonna be dealing with here today, has in my opinion, has gotten a bad rap because if you compare it to let's say, okay, it's not as good, you know, as as it was last year in the top end, but there's some really good college performers here. Is this a bad quarterback class? What's your estimation of the overall strength of it? Yeah, I don't think it's very good generally. Um mm. it's not um well, let's start here. How many pros? And when I say pros, I'm not talking about backups. How many NFL starters are in this class? Um, how many NFL stars are in this class? It's a good question. I mean, look, I think there was a Detroit Lions reporter uh, a couple of weeks ago that that tweeted the following, and he said that Carlson Strong says this quarterback class is is getting a lot of crap they don't deserve. Says Malik Willis is crazy good. Also says his knee won't fall off his body, which seems <laughs> helpful. <laughs> Which is kind of sums up the collective feeling in 33 <laughs> words or so about the this position. I mean, look, it's not that there aren't any options, but I think more that on paper and on film, the class is at best jumbled. Um, and at worst, it's pretty underwhelming, uh, uh, actually. Um, and I, look, <sighs> that evolution of NFL offenses, I think, to follow the pattern of college football has obviously gathered, gathered pace. You know, we've got younger, more progressive minds, We've got one in Miami have taken over as head coaches and OCs. And, and I think that's meant that the path to starting and succeeding has been eased somewhat. You know, you don't see quarterbacks taking three years as they used to 10, 15 years ago. Um, but, and I suppose you can make a fairly compelling argument that the majority of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL have been selected pretty much the last four drafts, I'd say. So Mahomes and Watson, mm-hmm. that was 17, right? Mm-hmm. Allen and... Josh Allen and Lamar in 2018, Kyler Murray in 2019, and then Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow 2020. So, you know, the, the evolution is there and you are seeing in this class, I think, evolution quarterbacks in terms of guys who are suited to that evolution generally. Um, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sold it's uh I'm not sold. It's an amazing class. And I, and I think, you know, you kind of look half with half an eye. It's difficult to punt on a season and GMs will never do that, but it's difficult to not look, you know, to this time next year when you might have a Bryce Young and a Will Levis and a CJ Stroud and a Tyler Van Dyke. So I wouldn't want to be, you know, I wouldn't want to be Brad Holmes at two and Scott Fitterer and Terry Fontenot and who else needs to call about John Schneider and Martin Mayhew of Washington and Mickey Loomis and, who else is the Kevin Colbert? I wouldn't want to be those GMs on those teams with the with the quarterback need this year, um, because I just don't think the talent is is there. And I suppose to answer your question in a monstrously long winded way, history tells us that probably two of them are going to be. Mm. You know, you go back and look at. I mean, go back in the past and look at bad drafts. You know, you go back to two thousand and seven when we had. What Jamarcus Russell and Brady Quinn and Kevin Cole and John Beck and Drew Stanton and Trent Edwards and Troy Smith and Tyler Thigpen and Matt Moore. You know, you go 97, you look at Jake Plummer and John Kittner and 
Jim Druckenmiller and Danny Werfel and Coy Detmer, I mean, I would say you're probably, history tells us that you're going to get two good starters. You might get, you might get one who becomes something special. Um, you probably end up with a couple of guys or backups and you might end up with a couple of guys out of the league. That's just the way it goes. So um, it's an interesting group of six, that top six. Um, but I'm not sold there's a superstar in there. There's a couple of guys I like, but I'm not sold there's a superstar in there. Chris, your thoughts on this class? So I think it gets a bad rap, but um, I think because – you know, this happens all the time with draft classes and people tend to want to only pay attention to the very top prospects at the position. And when you're not seeing the quality of the top guys at the position, then it's a bad class. And it's like, so, so it's like people want to see when, when you see guys that are like top 10, top 15 quality in a, um, in a position and they're they're really good for that. Um, then people, are, I mean, this this is what we do. We 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 pay attention to the to the top, and then you, we kind of you know whatever on the the middle. Uh, and I think it's a class that has a middle. I don't think it's a class that has a great top. It's if this were a big game of uh, Mary F Kill, then there's um there's a there's a lot of there's a lot. Of, a lot. There's a fair number of F's and uh, not too many Marys, you know? Um, and, and so I think that uh, I think that that's what this class is like. Now I think it gets a bad rep because as I look through it and, and let's just think about, cause to me, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a five, you know, five guys. And uh, those are, those are Malik Willis and Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter uh, and uh, um, Bailey Matt, Zappi, uh, Matt Coral, I would say. Well, yeah, I, I have issues with Matt Coral. I think that um, I think that there's, I think his playing style is slight stat. His playing style really doesn't match with his, uh, his slight stature, mm-hmm. and um, and we're seeing we're seeing the results of that already at the college level, and um, and I think that uh, that's going to continue as a pro and make me it make me really nervous, and I'm I'm sh- I'm not sure what he's going to look like if he ch- tries to change that playing style. Um, so I, you know, I think that Malik Willis is, a. Uh, I've always looked at him as QB one, you know, going back a long time. Uh, he's dynamic. I mean, he's, he's crazy. I think he can be crazy good. I think that, um, he, he is, you know, one of those guys that you look at the, that should be at the top end of the draft. Um, you're going to put your, you're going to put your name next to him. And it's not just because of what he can do on the field and, and the, um, dynamic abilities, but, but also who he is off the field. Um, and this is something that I had consistently heard a long time ago about, you know, what kind of, what kind of guy he was, you know, what kind of person he was. And, um, and, and so I think that that's, you're going to put your name next to him. And I think you're going to feel pretty good about that. But then it's like the other guys, like, you know, you're really going to put your name next to Kenny Pickett, uh, Desmond Ritter or Carson strong, you know, with Carson's knee being the way it is. And, um, Desmond Ritter, you know, obviously very inconsistent throwing on the field as he is, um, the sort of, there's the Kenny, Kenny Pickett has the reputation for, you know, is he, is he really ultimately all that talented? Why did it take him so long to, to really arrive? Uh, It seems like he's been playing at Pittsburgh since, uh, since, you know, since, uh, 
since Dan Marino was at Pitt and Pittsburgh. Tony Dorsett I mean, was his running back as a freshman. Yeah, I mean, like it, it really seems <laughs> that way. Um, and and you know Bailey Zappi is kind of kind of similar in that, in as much as you know, oh, how ultimately talented is it? Is it just a system thing? Um, or should we really be scout scouting uh, his his offensive coordinator? Um, which I, you know, going back to when Bailey Zappi was at. Uh, uh, Houston Baptist, I think it was, um, you know, that his, his, his offensive coordinator was like, am I scouting the quarterback or am I scouting his offensive coordinator right now? (laughs) Um, and, and that's the feeling that you got. But the thing that I would point out is we're talking about the evolved NFL, like Simon says, and, and then, you know, how, how the game is. And I just have to say, you know, even going to like somebody like Kenny Pickett, dude runs, dude run like ran like a handheld four six five something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and you watch him, and he he runs, and he puts, you know, he puts linebackers. I mean, they they are they have to run all out, you know, in order to chase him down. When you see when you see him run, um, Desmond Ritter runs like a four five zero. You know, Malik Willis obviously very fast um Carson Strong okay <laughs> you know <laughs> forget that um but uh but even like Bailey fast Zappi in a car went, like you know yeah, if, even, if he got in a car and you know and rubbed but up even the engine, Bailey, Bailey Zappi you know when you test him out when, when you test him out and see what what his athleticism and the the dude the dude has some athleticism and it's um so I think you look at that and you're like so these guys are fitting the new game. They are, uh, they do have athleticism to them. And in the end, at the end of the day, it, it's not going to surprise me if any one of those five, or even if all five of them end up playing for a long time, you know, in the NFL, uh, even starting games. And, and, and so, you know, one of them is going to be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or something like that. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think that that's why it gets kind of a bad rep. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if if a fair number of these guys end up playing for a while. Yeah. Now, uh, before I go back to Simon, very, very quickly on Malik Willis, I know you're, you're a fan. Uh, Lance Zerline, who I really, really respect, and he does his player comparison uh, list every single year. I'd never seen this before, but he he says that Malik Willis, check this one out, is a mix between Jake Cutler and Jalen Hurts. Do you see it? Or what is he talking about? And there's dead silence. Well, you know what happened is uh, is Simon is um, is taking a break and uh, and he's having a, he's having some tea on his lanai. <laughs> I thought that was question was to you, Chris. <laughs> no, that was Al to you. Said, no, Al said before I go back to Simon. Yes, I did. I did say that. Uh, oh, really? Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, 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 and then there was <laughs> dead <laughs> silence. Your little eyes burnt down, buddy. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, boy, I must have. All right, I must have. I must have caught a bad case of Lanai. All right, so yeah. it's a little bit more natural. I'll ask the same question. All right, right you got to leave that in. It's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but cut, twenty seconds of dead but, air. <laughs> do not cut out. Was literally the best bit of the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should, should, let's try that again. No, I'll come back. back off the, let's go. I'll come back, back off the lanai. <laughs> yeah, Lance Zerline, who I happen to respect. Uh, I'll do, do it again. Cut this out. Do not, <laughs> do not cut, cut it out. out. Do not cut it out. <laughs> okay, he says Jay Cutler, Jalen Hurts. That's who Malik Willis is. 
Do you see it? Do you get it? Well, I, I mean, if you get it's odd, give, by the way, it is odd that, you know, a thousand years later, Jay Cutler is considered an insult, to, right? Right. Like, but I, I mean, but I don't know if that's so. Is this an insult? If you say, if you gave Jalen Hurts uh, Jay Cutler's throwing ability in his arm, like, is that, is that really an in, insult? Because that's kind of what he's mm-hmm. saying here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, that's not, that's not really insulting because you know that if if Jalen Hurts had Jay Cutler's pure throwing ability, then he'd be a very different player, I think. Um, and I think that if you know, obviously, if Jay Cutler had the sort of athleticism make you miss ability, uh, I mean, Malik Willis would be a a strong running back prospect in this class. If he if if for some reason you're just like, okay, we're giving up on him and quarterback and we're just going to make him, you know, cuz he's got the build and, and you watch him run, he's he's got all that make you miss ability. He's got physicality to him uh and strength, pure strength, uh, really good. Um he would be a really strong running back prospect, but then you watch him throw the ball and he has the strongest arm probably in the draft. Uh, it, it's between he and Carson Strong obviously, but um but you know he he has there are throws in there that are just like you know face peeling uh from from him and just in terms of velocity and what he could do with the ball and that's why you compare him to a jay cutler because when jay cutler was coming out you know that's he he had some of that too um so i I think that uh yeah it it definitely i i mean i'm not when i was watching him and this is why i kept calling him qb1 i'm not i'm not saying that he's going to be ultimately the this great player because we don't know but i hadn't seen that feat athleticism and pure arm strength you know velocity combo since mike vick um i i just have not and i think that uh i think that so yeah i mean so-called ceiling um which i think is uh you know a fallacy um for the quarterback position the way we generally use it but but certainly his physical skill set is just uh amazing amazing and and nothing short of that all right simon if you're a quarterback needy team okay and i'm looking at this draft order and you can make a case yeah the lions even at number two uh i think it would behoove them if they like a quarterback in this to try to package that pick for a pile of picks and get their quarterback but if you go through this draft order i count five teams that can be in on a quarterback who are the first round quarterbacks in this class and who are you willing to draft in this first round? Um, who are the team? So who are the teams that need quarterbacks? Well, that would uh, be Detroit, Houston. Detroit. Uh, I don't think Houston do. Davis Mills is a good player. I don't think it's a shock that Davis Mills played really well last year. And I think he's only going to get better. Um, uh, Giants, yeah, Carolina. I think the Giants are going to give. I mean, the Giants are doing what Miami and Philadelphia are doing and protecting themselves for next year. I think. I think. Um, I think Daniel Jones gets one more year. I think Carolina, obviously, Atlanta, obviously, mm-hmm. Seattle, Washington, um, New Orleans, uh, Pittsburgh. I think that's probably the six or seven, isn't it? I would suspect. Yeah, I would. I would say that's. Yeah, that's the list. Because yeah, the bottom of the list are I'm all Detroit, the, the top playoff teams. Yeah. If I'm Detroit, I'm taking probably Trayvon Walker at two, and I'm taking the best remaining quarterback at thirty-four, because there's not going to be six. I mean, Chris mentioned those guys. Sam Howell to me is a 
is a really good player in this class. I think he's significantly better than. I mean, you don't have to look at what he did. Detroit last also year. has thirty-two, by the way, from the Rams. Uh, sorry, yes, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, thirty-two and 30, yeah, absolutely. They're both. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, look, I think in a in a normal draft, in a good quarterback draft, realistically, if you're going to stack these quarterbacks in this year's draft up against the last three years. You know, even the top guy, Chris has got Malik Willis as the top guy. I've got Carson Strong as the top guy. I mean, I wouldn't be putting them anywhere close to the top. Um, so, there are, the, you know, quarterbacks are going to get overdrafted. Um, you know, talk about Kenny Pickett going six to Carolina. That to me is just crazy. Um, but, you know, they need a quarterback. So, uh, and if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a great deal. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Kenny Pickett stuff just, kind of slightly blows my mind. Um, and Chris made the complete point. I went to see him. I saw him play live against Michigan State in 2018. And he looked about as much as a, of a first-round quarterback as as you or I did. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing him the first time in uh, 1989. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he's, gonna be a, <laughs> he's a 24-year-old rookie. You know, there are some... You know, people talk about him being the most accurate quarterback in the draft. I mean, I, there are, I saw a lot of inaccurate throws. Um, and people, you know, everybody joked about, oh, the small hands thing, it's such a media creation, it's such a media creation. He played 52 games at Pitt, yeah? Do you know how many fumbles he had in 52 games? Have oh, a guess. Go ahead. Chris? Um, oh, man, should we go full Should we go full, full Tony Banks here and say, uh, and say 50 fumbles in 52 games? Okay, Alf? I'll go 51. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do I'll do the prices right on on Chris here. Thirty eight. Wow, Jesus! Thirty eight fumbles in fifty two <laughs> games. How many of those do you I, think he lost? Oh wow! Uh, I mean, you can't you can't be that many of them. You know, maybe maybe like uh, 20, 20, 25 of them. Twenty five, Alf. Uh, let's go. Let's go. A low number. Eleven. Twenty six. Wow. Yeah. He lost 26 fumbles in 52 games. Jeez. But, but people want to make light of the fact that his hands are, uh, uh, you know, it's not a thing. It's that is, that is full Tony Banks. That's like, that that's, full Tony, that's Banks. Tony Banks. <laughs> that's full Tony Banks. And Matt uh, Ryan's senior year at Boston College, one of the reasons that turned me off on, on him. Was that fumbles? I thought that was just interceptions. It was everything. It was he was a turnover machine. He averaged almost two turnovers a, a game. He, didn't he? Didn't he have like seven hundred attempts, or I don't know what the fuck, but like in uh, sorry, he had a good year. Like he had a good year, but he had a lot of turnovers his final year. So EJ uh, Brown is an interesting quarterback in this class. EJ Perry, I mean, from Brown, mm-hmm. he's an interesting quarterback. He was a four-star kid at Boston College, mm-hmm. and then transferred to Brown because that's where his his uncle and his his father had played. Um, he is. A, I mean, Chris talked about athleticism. He ran a four six four six zero at the combine. He was MVP of the Shrine Game, MVP of the Shrine Week. I mean, no Brown quarterback has ever thrown a pass in the NFL, and that is going to change with this kid. He is a he is an interesting quarterback. Um, but yeah, it's uh to me, it's not a it, yeah, it's not a great class. That I, I think if you combine some of the like you look at you look at. Carson Strong, for example, you know, this is a kind of mature, efficient pocket pass. He's got a strong arm, very strong arm. You know, I was at the senior bowl and it comes off his hand differently. 
Uh, he's got good feet. I, I like his processing pre um, pre snap. Um, he's accurate. He makes plays late in the down. But I like his know, confidence with his, yeah. with his arm. Like he's he, got he, significant he thinks he can do anything with that ball. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a significant injury red flag. He's he's yeah. got a, he had a joint condition in 2017, a significant injury at a basketball camp, and they discovered a joint condition in which the bone underneath the cartilage of the joint essentially dies because there's no blood flow, and his lateral femoral condyle bone showed 70% detachment. Um, and he'd had this since he was 12, unknowingly. And if the bone had broken, it would have ended his athletic career completely. He probably would have, would have had to have his leg amputated. Um, so he's got eight biodegradable nails in to mend the crack. But he's also had two further surgeries on the knee because of, of pain in it. So it's, um, you know, we're not going to, we're not, I mean, it feels like he got a clean bill of health from the combine because it wasn't like he had to go back for a recheck because obviously we heard about Damone Clark, the, the LSU linebacker, having the, the mm. spinal fusion surgery. Um, but we haven't heard anything about Strong. So maybe he did get a clean bill of health, but we'll find out on draft day because if, you know, if we get to the, the middle portion of the second round and he hasn't come off the board, then we know there's an issue. Mm. Or maybe, maybe it's just is his medical issues are just so well documented and known. Yeah, maybe. But... Yeah. All right. On the way out here, this is a Dolphin podcast, so I'll start with with you, Chris. Is there a developmental quarterback in this group? Do you see the yeah. Dolphins using any of their picks on any of these guys? I, I I could absolutely, and that's and part of that is just because of what we what we have left after, and we've we've clearly we tabbed that number twenty nine pick for an unhappy veteran. Um, you know that that's something that I've talked about uh, with some people, uh, and I think that um, you know they threw that out there. They don't have the second round pick. They don't have you know anything in the third. I mean, they, they don't pick until 102. Uh, these, these picks that they have remaining are kind of almost throwaway, you know? And so if you can come out of there at, at that point, you're just like, you're, you're going after guys. And it's just like, I'm not necessarily going to get anything out of these guys unless they trade 102 and 125 to move up and just target like one, one guy, one running back. Talk about those later, but yeah, I could see one of those picks ending up on a developmental quarterback. Um, and the ones that I would, I would think that, that you pay attention to, um, I think you do pay attention to Bailey Zappi because, uh, if they're designing an offense around Tua Tunga Valoa, then, um, then I think Bailey Zappi could run it. Uh, if, if you're, you know, just strictly looking for a backup. And so I think that uh, that's that's one guy to pay attention to if he gets into that fourth round area, third, fourth round area where they start to have picks again. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely some guys. And I think EJ, you, you mentioned it, uh, the guy from Brown, EJ Perry, uh, he's another developmental guy and uh, good athleticism. I think that, um, you know, just judging from who they put on the staff and Mike McDaniel's uh, Yale background. Um, I think that they would probably appreciate a quarterback who's got a very, you know, a, a strong academic background. Um, so yeah, those are, those are two, those are two guys really wouldn't surprise me if they're dolphins, uh, after the, after that weekend. All right, Simon, you got a guy. Yeah. Perry, uh, EJ Perry would be the mm. guy that I think they would, um, he's like a coach on the field as well. Um, mm. I think McDaniel would respect that. Uh, he likes that. He plays from the shotgun. He plays in a spread offense. 
He can make plays outside structure. He can throw on the run. He's able to move from read to read. He can reset his eyes to to reads two and three, and he's got a good arm. Um, you know, obviously people people always talk about the strength of opposition, but you know, when you're at that level, all you can do is beat what's in front of you, and that's what he did. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think he's very interesting. He's uh, I get you kind of get I got some sort of Taylor Heineke kind of vibes mm. from him. Um, I think he's got a bit of upside, and I think he's interesting. Six one, two twelve. Um, yeah, he's um bright kid coach on the field he's the sort of guy i think mcdaniel might dig yeah and and there was a time where and this is a great name because i asked you about him once and you were like and you had a really good answer i guess you could give me one here on the way out i'll ask you simon there was a time where brock purdy was a was a name and yeah. and that time is not you know you know 2006 or you know 1989 when when kenny pickett was lighting up pittsburgh and lighting up the big east uh no, this was September. Since then, it's been a long, it's been a long fall for Brock Purdy. On the way yeah. out, his prospects as an NFL passer. I actually think he had a really good year comparatively last year. It was a bit of a down year before. I think if you want your quarterback experience to be fun in college, then Iowa State fans can't have asked for much more from Brock Purdy over the four years. I think he probably leaves that left Ames, leaves Ames mm. as arguably the greatest player in school history. Um, you know, he's an incredible gamer. He's got a ton of moxie. I thought at times he looked like a day two player earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he guts the, I, I kind of comp wise, he's kind of got that chaotic Baker Mayfield, Gardner Minshew style. He's a bit Case Keenum like, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go back and watch that Oklahoma comeback in 2019 where he pretty much single handedly carried the Cyclones back from the dead. And then he, he flipped that to his very final play ever in college in the bowl game, went on fourth and two, he ran for the first down, fumbled it back behind the marker, fell on it short, short <laughs> the line, and they turned it over on downs. That is essentially Brock Purdy's career in a, in a nutshell. Um, I mean, there's a throw he makes in 2019 against Louisiana, Louisiana Monroe, which is one of the best throws I've ever seen a college quarterback make. Um, so he does have some talent, um, but... He doesn't. He, the clock in his head operates on a different time to everybody else, so he kind of drifts off the midline and gets himself into sacks. But I, I thought he was easy to love as a as a competitor, as a college quarterback, and I think he probably finds a home somewhere on on late on day three. I think uh, taking aside his his the fact that his college career seemed to be like a Benjamin Button career, um, <laughs> you know, and but even taking that aside, I when I watch him. I don't know how much um, how much USF uh, you were, you guys have been watching over the the last decade or so, but he just reminds me so much of Matt Grothy, who was the quarterback back when uh, USF managed to get all the way to number two in the nation, and they, you know they had a big they had a big win against uh, Western West Virginia um, back when West Virginia was ranked really highly, and, and um, they were uh, you know they this was a primetime game and such. And uh, yeah, I th- he reminds me of Matt Grothy. It's, it's ultimately not going to work in the NFL, um, right. but it's, it was really fun college quarterback experience. And, um, and you know, that's, that's Brock birdie in a nutshell. And uh, he, isn't he a Dolphins fan or something? Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. 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 He is, so, he is. Uh, I mean, God, God bless. Uh, you know. <laughs> Given season tickets uh, from from, <laughs> but you know, for, in the stadium, not in uh, in the stands. <laughs> yeah, not a, yeah. He should be sitting next to me watching practice, not Interestingly, playing. Interestingly, 
you talk about Brock Purdy and Miami and the kind of the the, the circle of life. He turned down Alabama. Um, Did he really? Go to Iowa State because he was Gatorade Player of the Year in Arizona. I mean, he could have been playing alongside Tua, Mac Jones. You know, huh. in, that's in, nice. That rotation. Overall, don't you wish the Dolphins had uh, had Reed Sinnott back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Reed All Sinnott right. Singles in preseason, definitely. <laughs> All right, that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll be talking running backs. Hey, go get our T-shirt, by the way. Our Speed Kills T-shirt. has a little penguin on it. has a cheetah, too. All right, till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.